The Premier League starts this weekend, but the EFL Championship is already underway. And within that league, there are more than a few Americans who will hope a good start to the season will result in a World Cup place. Jeff Ruder is here to run through some of the more prominent of those names. I'm Alex Abnos from The Athletic, and this is Soccer Every Day for Monday, August 1st. Hello and welcome back to Soccer Every Day. We are back. The Athletic Soccer Show is here and Soccer Every Day is going to be here to run through something just to keep an eye on uh, this week, this day, whatever it may be. And today I have Jeff Reuter here with me. Jeff, you wrote a piece last week about all the American players that are in the EFL Championship and you wrote about it last week because... The AFL Championship has already begun. The Premier League, of course, starts this week, but the AFL Championship is well underway. And it's actually, if you're purely interested in Americans abroad and uh, people that might have a case to make or a case to strengthen uh, in terms of making the World Cup squad for the United States, it's a very, very interesting league uh, this year. So uh, let's just run through the names, uh, Jeff. You did a pretty comprehensive uh, report on The Athletic, which is linked in the show's description. But let's go name by name in roughly order of importance. Yeah, uh, I'd say if not order of importance, then probably prominence in the national discussion. Um, there's, so, a, there's a better way to put it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so some of these that are even lower on the list might actually be somewhat likely to be on the long list of players who could make the flight to Qatar for the uh, 2022 World Cup. But uh, I think by and large, if you look, it's it's players who either have just made moves uh, over the offseason are going to be important players coming back from injury. It's, it's a very interesting little subsect of the pool where it's no longer there in the past. I think that you would see that the second division of England would actually have some pretty important U.S. men's national team players, particularly in defense. Um, and maybe some rotational midfielders like a Danny Williams type. But uh, I think over time, as the pool has strengthened, as the, the this young generation has risen, um, they're playing in more prominent leagues across the world. That said, I think that you've still got some very, very interesting players um, this season playing in the second division where it is going to be a, a fascinating um, league that's admittedly kind of hard to follow <laughs> stateside. You do need to have team-specific streaming subscriptions i would know i'm a bournemouth fan and last year i had to pay i think like 160 bucks for a streaming service to watch my team but um still one that's going to be very interesting as you're looking at you know the, the weekend play bill that scuffed puts out and all of that stuff so yeah and you'll need those uh services to watch every single game for your uh for a particular club of course espn plus has select games uh, every weekend and and through the season uh jeff let's not waste any more time let's go straight through uh the top tier of the prominence uh, rankings, uh, as you succinctly put it. Zach Steffen, uh, constantly in the conversation for starting a U.S. goalkeeper this year. He will spend it at Middlesbrough. Uh, what do you make of his situation there? What does he need to show with Middlesbrough? And how likely do you think he is to show it? Yeah, I, I think that this is a huge move for him because I think for the last two years, um, it had looked like the best case scenario, not the best case, the best case scenario, of course, is he's the starter for Manchester City. But there there was some validity. Not going to happen. <laughs> no, but it <laughs> wasn't going to happen with Ederson. Right. Yeah. Especially at his age um, and his quality. But, you know, I thought that there was 
that situation played out to such an extent where I think a lot of people expected that it would help for him to be working with Ederson, for him to be working in a Pep Guardiola system, to be used to playing out of the back and dribbling out of trouble and that stuff. And of course, he got into trouble in the FA Cup semifinal against Liverpool um, with a very, unfortunately, infamous um, you know, turnover that, that ended up probably costing him his position uh, as, as the backup goalkeeper. Now, I don't think that being the backup goalkeeper was actually doing him many favors at the international level as well. You would look at uh, you know, some of his performances in qualifiers and there would be some, some shaky moments, some mix-ups, some bad distribution, some poor positioning that just looked like a goalkeeper who was rusty because he wasn't getting game action. And so I think if you look at this move from Middlesbrough, yes, it is lower in the pyramid. Yes, admittedly, he'll be facing against um, or facing you know, a lower quality of opposing attack but I do think that having that week in, week out repetition, working with Chris Wilder, who is a coach who still does like to have his goalkeeper on the ball a fair amount, that's a good match. Um, and it's a it's a club that's not going to be looking to stay in the second division. This is a, a preseason favorite to challenge for uh, automatic promotion places in first or second. So, um, you know, it, it's still going to be a high environment or high pressure environment, uh, you know, expectations to perform well. And you know, it, it's interesting now. Matt Turner looks like he's going to be taking over as that sort of you know token American backup this year and with Arsenal. And, and so for Stefan, it's a, it's a golden opportunity to prove that all he needed was more consistent match action to be the number one for the U.S. men's national team. Let's move on to the complete opposite end of the field. field. <laughs> Daryl DK is at West Brom. Uh, the striker, of course, uh, burst onto the scene, onto the international scene and has been in sort of a nether region, both for injury and form reasons over the last uh, several months, maybe up to a year, if you, depending on how far back you're tracking. Uh, what does he need to show with West Brom? I think uh, goals are clearly, clearly part of the equation. Is there anything more to it than that? Uh, staying healthy. <laughs> I think that's the other part of it because, you know, he was dealing with recurring hamstring injuries. And so um, the U S men's national team has a history of strikers who have recurring hamstring issues. And so, uh, scoring when you're on the field is obviously going to be number one. Being on the field is 1A. And so West Brom is another club that is going to have, you know, top six ambitions this year. They were a club that expected to be challenging for promotion last year and fell off in a pretty miserable way in the middle of the season, even around the time that DK was there. It already looked like they were trending poorly. And so I think that for him, it's it's integrate more into the attack. He's got a couple of strikers that he's going to be, you know, needing to stay ahead of in the pecking order uh, in order to continue to get his minutes at West Brom, which is going to be good experience. And look, uh, Jesus Ferreira has made a hell of a case this year to be, um, you know, kind of at the front of that conversation for the U S is number nine in the world cup this, this fall, but um, there's still plenty of openings. It's still not firmly Jesus Ferreira's starting spot, so DK could challenge for that, but there are still plenty of roster spots available as well. And so I think that he's a fascinating one. Everyone in the program knows his potential. Everyone loves his character, his demeanor, his personality is something that's always important. But if he can't stay healthy, none of that really matters when you're building World Cup roster. And so it's going to be big for him to stay on the field for the next few months and to be finding some goals along the way. We are seesawing all over the field because we're back with a goalkeeper, Ethan Horvath at Luton. Uh, he was at Nottingham Forest last year, Jeff, um, but it, things didn't quite go f- as planned for him. I think it's unlikely that he starts any games for the U.S. at the World Cup, but anything's possible. What does he need to show uh, in the first part of this year to secure what is most likely going to be one of the two backup spots yeah. uh, for the U.S. World Cup team? He's, he's kind of become forgotten when people talk about the pool, hasn't he? I think that right now the, the conversation around the goalkeeper is that it's a battle between Zach Steffen 
and uh, Matt Turner for the number one spot. And then it's a battle between Sean Johnson and Gabriel Slonina for who would be that third and final goalkeeper to make the trip. Um, and, and so for Horvath, I think it's kind of a remember me case. Like, look, he had some incredible performances uh, for the United States, especially if you think about that Nations League penalty save, um, you know, and the work that he was able to do in that to, to help see that title over the line. You know, he's played in big games for the United States. He has come up big in moments with his shot stopping. He doesn't necessarily have that same sort of distribution verve that uh, Greg Berhalter likes to have from his goalkeepers. And so to your point, he doesn't look likely to be a starting contender. But he is a player who, you know, was starting for the U.S. Youth National Team over Zach Steffen years and years and years ago. And so the potential is obviously there. Um, the reputation is there. Uh, Luton Town was a team that surprised last year also. They were a team that punched above their weight uh, consistently in the championship. They were um, more competitive than people had expected last year. And their big issue, um, one of their big issues, much like Middlesbrough, had been goalkeeping. And so for him, it's establish yourself as a regular starting goalkeeper again, because he just really hasn't had that opportunity since he left club Bruges and, um, or not Bruges, excuse me, Genk. Um, right. <laughs> pick your, pick your somewhat obscure, uh, league giant here. Uh, but no, I, I think that there's going to be something very important about him getting those regular minutes, um, being able to, to play in, you know, a, a league that is going to test him and uh, continue to integrate into a new system so he can be a little less nomadic, be a little bit less of that guy who moves around clubs every couple of years and really establish himself. It's alone, so it's going to be very difficult for him to establish himself as a lone E, but it is a good opportunity for him to get minutes and remind people why he's a part of the pool and should be considered. Next up, Austin Trusty playing this year with Birmingham City. I think I, it's fair to say one of the more surprising uh, MLS to Premier League transfers maybe ever with his move to Arsenal from the Colorado Rapids. Uh, Jeff, what is he looking to prove with Birmingham City? He has not really been on the scene much, uh, maybe at all, for the U.S. men's national team. Uh, is there a, is there potentially a path uh, there for him if he uh, really shows out for Birmingham City this year? Yeah, I mean, look, if there was any position that you would feel most confident in saying a player could work their way into the pool, despite having never been really in strong consideration uh, for any of the qualifying rosters, it might be center back, right? I think strikers, you know pretty well who the cast of characters are. You aren't seeing, no matter where the, the clamors for whoever the hottest MLS American striker is in the moment, I don't think it quite has as much weight as center back. Because right now, center back was a position group that was already rotating a lot during qualifying, especially if you look at the depth pieces. Um, you know, bringing in two new center backs in that last window um, certainly showcases that. But with Miles Robinson being hurt, there is still going to be a need for center backs who are getting consistent minutes, who are playing at a high level to be able to pad that roster. Um, and Austin Trusty is someone who is uh, more of a ball player than he is, you know, an outright defensive center back. And I think that that will help differentiate him from someone like, let's say, Cameron Carter Vickers, who is also going to be on the pool uh, or on the bubble for the pool, who's going to be someone who, uh, played very well last year at Celtic and is going to be looking to make that case, but he's not someone who's as comfortable on the ball. And so, yes, of course, there's the whole, if you could merge this player's skill set with this player's skill set, you would have, you know, the optimal American center back, but that doesn't exist. And so I think that for Trusty, it's if he is able to be consistent with his defensive positioning, if he is able to be um, maybe a little more intentional with where he's clearing the ball, those were some of the metrics that he was not, performing terribly well at at the MLS level. If you look at footballreference.com's uh, percentile metrics comparing him to all center backs across MLS, um, but his uh, his ability on the ball and his his passing are certainly two things that he's done very well. 
And so I think that there could be an outside chance, admittedly, but still a chance that he could, um, you know, factor for some consideration. Okay, we're going to wrap up uh, with one last name. You mentioned that center back is one place uh, that somebody can maybe force their way into the conversation for the national team uh, World Cup squad. Striker is one of those positions. And of course, Josh Sargent at Norwich is going to be somebody that people will be paying attention to. I think probably if he starts the season by scoring just a ton of goals in very few games, uh, he'll have a pretty good he'll have a pretty good claim. Uh, to at least one of the striker positions. Um, but is there more to it than that? Uh, this is very, I realize this is a very similar question uh, than uh, th- that I asked for DK, but I think uh, but the goals no, are but similar, I, right? They are similar. And I think that the opportunity to each of them is also very similar because I think that, um, you know, with DK, it's a little bit more of that complete forward mold where you're able to, you know, use him as a deep liar. He's able to work and facilitate. He's able to hold up the ball a bit. He's able to press a bit. Um, but I think with Josh Sargent, what people forget Last year, very tough year for Norwich, right? Just never really was convincing whatsoever. Um, yes, he's going to have to be working off of uh, Timo Pluki, you know, and there's still some some questions about his future and, and what's going to happen. Um, you know, is he going to sign a new contract? Is he going to need to move to another first division league for uh, his own chances at you know, the international level or his own career ambitions? But um, Josh Sargent has a golden opportunity and he played pretty well last year. If you're purely looking at pressing metrics, he was probably among the best handful of strikers in the top five leagues in Europe in terms of his defensive pressing for the front. And so it is something that he's very, very good at. That's going to keep him in consideration and is, is already showing that he can be a high level performer um, at the club level. Anyway, I, I think that, you know, speaking with Michael Bailey, who is the, uh, the Norwich writer for the athletic um, Dean Smith has been, uh, regularly bigging up his contributions in preseason. Uh, he likes his attitude. He likes his physicality, his character. He wants him to come good at Norwich. Um, I think that being able to play at the championship level, drop down a division is going to be very good for his development to try to get some more consistency, get some goals. Um, you know, it's not that he was necessarily pushed too soon, but I think that what you saw in his first year in the Premier League was that he just wasn't going to be ready to be a regular goal scorer at that level. So um, if he is able to, you know, either play wide as well, wing is not really an area the United States needs help in right now, but it does help to have a little positional versatility in a tournament. So, um, you know, if he's going to be pushed out wide at all because of Pookie, that's not necessarily a bad thing either. But um, yeah, there, there will be pressure on him to actually contribute goals and assists and not just pressing metrics. And uh, I think that if he can do that for the club, there's no reason to think that he wouldn't be getting consideration to bring those goals and assists over to the national team as well. Those are some of the more prominent players that are in your piece previewing all the Americans in action in the EFL championship this uh, this coming season. They are not the only ones, though. We have Lyndon Gooch at Sunderland, Dwayne Holmes at Hudder- Huddersfield, Matthew Olasunde at Preston. And in addition to some other names, frankly, that might be less familiar to many of you, Von Kogel <laughs> at Hull City, Sebastian Soto also at Norwich, Jonathan Tompkinson at Norwich. Uh, all of these names are covered in detail, Jeff, in your piece, which is linked in the show's description. And uh, everybody should go read it right now at The Athletic. Until then, though, Jeff, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, welcome back. Before we go, your TV guide for today, as usual, all times are Eastern. And there's not a whole lot going on, but there is some action in the DFB Pokal early rounds in Germany's cup competitions. Two games at noon, Chemnitzer FC versus Union Berlin and Energy Cottbus versus Werder Bremen. Both of those are on ESPN Plus, also on ESPN Plus at 2.45 p.m. Magdeburg versus Eintracht Frankfurt. I 
to be frank, I've never heard of Magdeburg. I would gather that they are a lower division German team and probably going to be one of the very few chances to see them play. So if you have nothing else to do, definitely tune in at 2.45 p.m. It's a big day in Canada as well at 2 p.m. Halifax Wanderers versus York United in the Canadian Premier League. That is going to be on Fox Soccer Plus in the United States. This show is produced by Mike Zimmerman with help from John Hayes. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic, and you can subscribe for $1 a month for six months by going to theathletic.com slash soccer every day. Thank you so much for listening, and happy soccer to you all.